The following opinions expressed within the content are solely the speakers and do not reflect the opinions and beliefs of Child Free Media Limited or its affiliates. I'm Lenora Faye. I am one of your co-moders for the Antinatalist panel. Uh, quick thank you to our presenting sponsor, Child Free Media, our champion level sponsor, Child Free Wealth, and our additional sponsors, 365 Diversity, Buy Child Free, Buy Child Free Merch Shop, Child Free Family, Child Free Journals, StopHavingNoKids.org, StreamYard, The Age of the Child, a novel by Kristen Tetsy, and Wild Egg, a novel by Jennifer Flint. And before we begin, we've got a little disclaimer to get out of the way. The opinions expressed within the content are solely the speakers and do not reflect the opinions and beliefs of the event or its affiliates. So let's get into the topic here. We are talking about antinatalism. Hello. Welcome, Amanda. Welcome, Mark. Thank you both for joining us today. Greetings. Hello. Thank you so much for having us. So let's just dive right in. Tell us about yourself. Mark, we'll begin with you. Uh, hi, I'm Mark Maharaj. I'm uh, from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Um, I am a, uh, my parents were from Trinidad and Tobago. I studied IT in college and I work as an administration, I work in administration uh, in the not-for-profit sector. Um, I'm an atheist, a vegan for about nine years and a philanthropic antinatalist for about seven years. Uh, I was the creator and now retired co-host of the first antinatalism podcast, the Exploring Antinatalism podcast that Amanda now runs. Uh, I am also I also run a philosophy YouTube channel called Question Mark Philosophy, where I interview other academic philosophers on a variety of topics, uh, like hiking, spending time in nature with friends, and A twenty four films. And that's me. Awesome, Amanda, you're up. Yes, hi, uh, I'm Amanda, also known as Old Fan. Um, I am a 39-year-old uh, child-free antinatalist ethicist from Chicago, Illinois. I am a sculptor and a filmmaker. I have an MFA from the School of the Art Institute of Chicago, and I've been producing antinatalist multimedia uh, for about 11 years now. I am the host of the Exploring Antinatalism podcast, running uh, three years strong now. Um, I'm been involved with various antinatalist projects of all different kinds for a long, long time. I'm one of the founders of Antinatalism International, which is a sort of proto-NGO dedicated to antinatalism. Uh, we do things like uh, we d just recently did a fundraiser. We do the uh, Antinatalist uh, Film Festival, uh, as well as various other projects. Um, and yeah, I'm just very happy to be with everybody here today. So. First of all, what is antinatalism not? And we're going to start with Amanda on this question. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, so honestly, this is a very, very hard question to answer because just about everything that I can tell you that I believe uh, antinatalism is or isn't, there's somebody out there, there's some antinatalist that will uh, completely disagree with me and tell you, no, it is this or it isn't this. Um, so there's a huge amount of uh, disagreement uh, amongst antinatalists about what fact we are and what it is that we uh, believe. Um, I can tell you what I believe it to be. Um, but before I do that, I will say, you know, w one thing I can definitely say that it is not, that there is an enormous amount of agreement that it is not, that it is, it is not eugenics. We're not trying to create 
a type of person. It is not against a type of, 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 of human. Uh, it is not trying to weed out traits. It is a, a philosophical stance against uh, appropriation uh, and that a, a can apply to all sentience. Sometimes it does not. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, antihandalism is an ancient and evolving philosophical position that has, over the last 10 years or so, grown into a, a movement, a social movement, that is against the creation of new suffering entities, be they human, animal, uh, or perhaps artificial sentience, if, if that were to become a thing, um, and uh, which places a positive value on extinction through non-procreation. But again, huge disagreements all around. <laughs> all right, Mark, your answer. Yeah, so there, there are a lot of misconceptions uh, online, uh, especially if you Google the term and go into different communities. And I'd say that it's not what it, it is a, f a philosophical belief system and it's becoming a social movement. Um, it's an ethical stance. It's not a depression or suicide cult. Uh, and I think one other misconception is not not all antinatalists are child free. You can be antinatalist and uh, say adopt a child. Uh, we are not all um, antinatalists for the environment over population reasons. There are multiple reasons to be antinatalists. And as Amanda mentioned, uh, it's not eugenics. Uh, not all of us are um, incels or MGTOW or red pill or black pill or whatever other terminology the manosphere is producing. Uh, not all of us. Uh, Amanda's an ethicist. I'm not an ethicist, so not all of us are ethicists. Uh, not all of us are utilitarians or poor mortalists. Um, some some antinatalists are human-centric only, and some are sentiocentric. So I think those are some of the divides. Um, yeah. And that's a whole lot of terminology. You guys are clearing a lot of air. So where do you personally fall on the antinatalism spectrum, so to speak? Amanda, go ahead. Sure. Uh, well, first of all, I want to say that, yeah, I, I believe that it is a spectrum. I think people are anti-procreative anti um, by matter of degree uh, and also by, uh, by degree of their ability to conceptualize and acknowledge the consequences of what an anti-procreative anti world means. So I am child-free. Um, I am antinatalist, but I'm also what's called ethylist. Ethyl is life spelled backwards. Uh, and most the most important difference there being, uh, for me anyway, is that antinatalism proper is uh, some of the time, not all the time, but some of the time anthropocentric, meaning that it's only concerned with the procreation and extinction of humans and uh, sentiocentric, meaning that it's it means that it's concerned with the both the procreation and extinction of humans and animals. Ethylism never makes this distinction, where again, antinatalism sometimes does. Uh, and also, is uh, ethylism is just less ambivalent about um, extinction being uh, a reasonable path for human beings to uh, be on and try to engineer. Okay, Mark. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna use a lot of terms, and I promise I'll explain them all. <laughs> okay, uh, so I'm a philanthropic, benetarian, anti-speciesist, deontological leaning, anti-natalist. I'm not an extinctionist, and when it comes to uh, the harm of death, death, I'm something called a deprivationist. So, okay, just to quickly explain those terms, philanthropic is that uh, my moral consideration for the the. Um, when I'm thinking about the creation of new sentient life is the uh, harm to that being. So it's care uh, for the being that will come into existence. So that's the philanthropic argument for antinatalism. 
Uh, Benetarian I put in there because I believe in Benetar's axiological asymmetry argument for uh, antinatalism. Not all antinatalists agree with that. Some of them uh, believe in the consent argument or risk argument, or there's, there, again, multiple arguments, but I believe that Benatar is correct on the asymmetry, axiological asymmetry. Uh, Anti-speciesist, because like Amanda, I do uh, take other sentient animals into consideration when it comes to the harms of coming into existence. However, when it comes to the details, Amanda and I will dis disagree on uh, on that, on, on like how we, um, uh, what we ought to do. Uh, I'm deontological leaning, meaning a lot of my ethics are based on duty, not necessarily on consequences or outcomes. Um, and I say leaning because I, I'm, I'm, I could veer towards virtue ethics or something else. And um, the extinctionist part is that if literally everyone accepted this uh, philosophy, the logical consequence would be uh, an extinction, uh, just biological consequence. But I don't believe that ought to be a goal of um, bringing about extinction. So that's a, a slight nuance in, in the chain of, of between us. And I do believe death is a harm. So um, it deprives you of the goods that uh, that would have happened. Um, some people disagree, some people take a Epicurean view where they don't believe death is a harm. So that explains all my terms, hopefully. Uh, put that on a business card. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they're gonna quiz us after this. So I oh, hope please you don't. <laughs> All right, so the big question, what is the difference between antinatalism and child-free? And let's keep that within 15 minutes of this panel, <laughs> <laughs> the answers. Amanda, go ahead. Oh, Oops, sorry about sorry. that. I will do my best to keep this succinct. So again, I think it's by matter of degree in which you place a negative on procreation. And I don't, I don't mean, let me just preface this by saying I don't mean to overgeneralize what a child-free person believes or what an antinatalist believes, but in general, I think it's fair to say that child-free people are are it's more of a personal thing. This is this is a good thing for me to do. It's not necessarily a statement about what others should do. Um, and I think where we disagree is sort of in the in the consequences, like what our philosophy or what our positions lead us to, you know, um, child-free people are generally, you know, not concerned with extinction. That's not really a, a topic that I see come up, um, you know, when I talk to child-free people. Um, and I, you know, and I certainly see a, a, a sort of shocked, you know, reaction when it comes up, certainly, uh, sort of a, a you know, a, fr a frightened, you know, sort of coming out of left field. Um, but for the sake of contemplation, you know, I do want to take a second to sort of ask child-free people for a moment to consider the fact that okay, you know, you've made this decision for yourself, and it's and 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 it's great that others around us or you are you know making the same decision. But what in fact, if everybody started to make this decision, you know, what if becoming child-free led to an abandonment of procreation? What would happen then? Well, it would contribute to an effort consciously or unconsciously towards human extinction. And maybe that individual child-free person uh, will come to see that as a bad thing and realize, huh, maybe I'm a little bit more pronatalist than I thought. Or maybe it will lead them to very antinatalist questions about life. Like, what are we doing here? What is it that we can't seem to let go of? Would extinction really be such a bad thing? Isn't the production of less victims 
you know, up to a point of no victims uh, being produced anymore at all really be a bad thing? Would that be, in fact, be a good thing? So um, we have our differences, yes, but I think taken to a logical conclusion, we do end up in roughly the same place. So I think we do have more in common um, than we think. And, um, and I think we need each other more than uh, is typically thought. I will agree. I believe both camps can work together. We've had that discussion before. Uh, thank you for that. Mark, go ahead. Uh, I'd say that antinatalism is an ethical claim of the creation of new sentient beings or humans. And child-free is a personal choice that doesn't make an ethical claim, other than possibly challenging uh, patriarchal uh, gender roles that women ought to have kids. So that's the difference that I see. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. So um, all these terms, all this terminology, everything, where should someone start if they want to learn more about antinatalism? Amanda, we'll let you dive into that. Actually, I'm going to let Mark, if that's okay, okay answer that yeah. one, because he, he's got the list, and I didn't oh, good. have the list yet. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. <Okay. laughs> uh, so I got uh, Shameless Plug, the Exploring Antinatalism podcast, available on most podcast apps and YouTube. Um, it's a great intro to, I mean, there's close to going on three years uh, of material, and it's a great introduction into the philosophy and understanding different viewpoints. There's antinatalisthandbook.org. It goes through common objections and arguments. Uh, I think one of the sponsors, stophavingkids.org. Uh, it's a great website. Um, antinatalism Reddit in the summary section of what antinatalism is. I think that's a decent uh, summary. Uh, the Wikipedia entry on antinatalism is a good uh, overview. Um, the Internet Encyclopedia of Philosophy has an entry on antinatalism recently by philosopher Kirk Lougheed, I believe. Uh, that's pretty good. And this isn't an introduction, but if possible, if people uh, are interested in uh, going deeper, uh, philosopher David Benatar's book, Better Never to Have Been. Um, again, it's not an intro book, but if you can read it, I think it's an important body of work in the philosophy. Uh, I'd I would not recommend learning about antinatalism uh, via Twitter or uh, Reddit comments. That's uh... you shouldn't learn anything from Twitter or Reddit or. <laughs> I was going to say this is something where I think we all agree on is is that <laughs> don't this, learn child-free or antinatalism. This is why every time they create an AI, it becomes the most terrible thing in existence because it learns from the internet. <laughs> so. so the antinatalism platform seems to be very clear on your on your terminology on the terminologies and definitions and that is something that's we're not yet there in the child free community we can't seem to batten down what child free means <laughs> even just for one so how do we reach that level how does the sorry, let me rephrase it how does the child free community reach that level of establishment that antinatalism seems to have hit well, um, <laughs> I, I, I wish I had a good answer for you. Um, I would have to disagree with you 100% that we, you know, we're all we're all good. We're all squared away. We're all clear on what the definition of antinatalism is. Um, you know, I want to point out that antinatalism, it, you know, despite being an ancient idea, uh, was only a word first used as a philosophical term in 2006. It still has no. Uh, 
set definition. It is not in any dictionary in the world, in any language yet. I have campaigned twice to have it added into um, Oxford English Dictionary to no avail. Um, so I, I don't. I think we uh, we do have some good terminology. We've got we've got a handle on on a lot of a lot of terms. Um, but I think that there is just as much gatekeeping in antinatalism as there is in the child-free world, um, honestly, if not a good deal more so. So this is a very difficult question for me to answer. I, I truly don't know. Um, and it's definitely something I think, you know, that needs to be a wider project. And I think that the, the, the thing that I can do is, uh, the thing that I can suggest is, you know, things like this, you know, things that create more active conversation um, between the different camps, uh, just an ability to have disagreement and to suss that, you know, disagreement out in, in, a, in a calm, you know, like reasonable manner. I mean, I think those are the things that are gonna gonna get us there uh, to sort of be tolerant of one another um, and and uh, yeah, just to have these open conversations. I think that's all we can do at, at the minute. All right, so Mark, same question. Even though I'm now doubting myself to ask that question. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Amanda, I think, has been part of the antenatal scene for, what, going on 12 years now? Um, yep. And uh, been around seven years. And I think, yeah, we're, we're, in terms of these communities, they are definitely not clear on the definition. Um, I think in terms of gatekeeping, uh, I remember when I was talking to you, Lenora, about the child-free movement, I had misconceptions. And I, I when I talked to you, you, you communicated all these different ideas within uh, that community. And I think that when people talk to me or Amanda, um, we can say that there's disagreement. Uh, and I think that's that's the best that we can do is just illuminate all the different ideas within these categories and leave it up to people to agree or disagree with whatever stance there are. I don't believe in shutting down the conversation uh, with ideas that you disagree with. Again, I. Amanda and I disagree on some things, and I think the best thing that we can do is talk to one another and uh, share our, our ideas and yeah, let people decide for themselves instead of um, keeping it one thing or the other. Yeah, and I just want to add, that's been very controversial because people do want these very set camps. Um, but, we, you know, Mark and I have been really clear that we, we, we want to have these open disagreements. We really think they're very important. I mean, yeah, if you're operating in a vacuum or an echo chamber, you're, you're just going to be reinforced with what you already think and you won't learn anything. You won't change or evolve. And so, yeah, I think it's vital for us to continue all the dialogues and conversations. So for someone that maybe they, they haven't declared themselves as an antinatalist, um, it, it, are there any specific principles or beliefs that might kind of cause them to say, you know what, maybe I need to look more into this for a better understanding? Uh, Amanda, go ahead. Sorry. Sure. I mean, this is another and it's a hard question to answer. Um, I mean, for me, it's it's thinking about what what is the future going to be. You know, it, you know, a lot of people have a lot of these big highfalutin ideas of we're going to transhumanize and we're going to you know we're going to become robots and we're going to edit out the you know the suffering from from the humans and the animals and it's all you know we're going to paradise engineer and. I just don't see much evidence of that happening. And so that has led me to think more in terms of, okay, so how do we, how do we end well? Um, it, you know, at its base, at its core, for, for me anyway, and I think I can speak for Mark too, this is all about 
the suffering being unacceptable, that there's all this suffering in the world. And this is, this is, you know, this is, this is the pro life is the product of unintelligent design. And, um, it, suffering is this thing that it manufacture manufactures that life manufactures um and so you know we the best way to empath empathize with that is to try to you know not create more of it you know um and to try to close the curtain in as gentle a way as possible so i think um trying to conceptualize the the, the future is kind of a good way of getting there there's uh you know, other kind of social movements and ideas, I think, that kind of can help bring you along. And I think we'll get into some of that in the next question. Um, but yeah, that's, I think that's some of what kind of helped me get there. And, and for me, I, I'd say an empathetic consideration for future possible sentient beings would be a principle or a belief uh, to look forward looking, just reflecting upon the question of, is it, is it ethical to create a new being into existence and looking at all sides before making the choice? And I just want to make a quick comment that uh, it is quite a suffering-focused ethic, but um, it's coming from a place of love and compassion. And I, I see this as a quite a, um, a beautiful and positive uh, philosophy, uh, even though it can come across a little dark. But yeah, that's all. And I just want to add to that by saying, yeah, I, I often say that antinatalism is perfect prevention. It, it's a, it's a, it's a you know, a perfectly peaceful way to prevent, you know, all the suffering. Yeah, and, and, and I'm, I declare that I am a child-free person, but I wouldn't say that I'm an antinatalist, but in the same coin, I'm not a, like a pro-natalist either where you should just have as many kids as possible. So I don't know if, I guess getting back into like the thoughts and the terminology, maybe that's why child-free people feel like we're just kind of tumbling along sometimes and, and we, some people want a deeper definition of what child-free means, which is why it's a panel uh, in the convention. But you know, what, what, what would that middle ground be? I don't know. That's part of the discussion and where the dialogue has to come in and what, where it's great to talk to people in the child-free world that are antinatalists and that are pro-natalists. There are child-free people that say, you know what? Yeah, let people should have as many kids as possible. I just don't want to have any kids. And so um, having those dialogues is really valuable. Oh, and we have an incoming question. I was just going to shout a reminder to the audience, not shout, sorry, <laughs> remind you peacefully and kindly that you can ask questions to the panel at any time, and we will try to address as many as possible. And even right. when this is archived, still leave questions and we'll try to get some responses and answers for you. Yeah. We'll make them answer anyway. That's right. <laughs> I know well, where you all live. Well, tell us what you think. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, question. Do we have our question? looks like not. Well, we're about time to wrap up anyway. So uh, real briefly, uh, let's give you guys a chance to plug and promote anything that you would like to. So Amanda, we'll begin with you. Sure. Yeah. Thank you so much. So uh, you can find me at the Exploring Antinatalism podcast about to release uh, the 63rd episode um, on Monday. Uh, Lenora and the rest of the Child Free Girls have been guests uh, in the past. And um, yeah, I'm also, you can also find me on the YouTube channel, uh, Antinatal Wolf, um, my YouTube channel of 10 plus years, uh, Forever Wolf Films was uh, removed by YouTube uh, fairly recently about, well, actually about oh, really? a year ago now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Unceremoniously oh, yeah. just murdered off of YouTube. Oh, so it's kind of sad. Um, but yeah, you can still find me on Antinatal Wolf, the Exploring Antinatalism podcast. Um, and also, uh, Antinatalism International, uh, lots of great projects coming up. 
So yeah, thank you so much. Awesome. Mark. Uh, you can find me on YouTube uh, if you search question mark philosophy. Um, and is it okay to give my email? You sure can, yeah. Sure. So At if your anybody, own risk. I think that's fine. <laughs> if anybody has any questions or would like to contact me, my, my email is greenrebelvegan at gmail.com. And uh, I also have a Twitter, um, it, question underscore mark TV. And yeah, that's it. Okay. Awesome. And uh, we have a quick question oh, for the panelists. Uh, what would you say to people that think creating people who would enjoy their lives is a good thing? Leave that up there. Leave the question up there if you could. There we go. Uh, what would you say to people that think that creating... Okay. Hey, it's Lawrence. Mark, you want to take it or do you want me to do it? Go for it. I would give a long answer, so you go ahead. Because yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I guess my quick thing is... Um, <sighs> The, the 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 absence of yeah no I would I would just go into the asymmetry so go ahead Amanda. <laughs> well, I mean, as you know, uh, well, I mean, you know, good lives don't exist in a vacuum, right? I mean, it's it's and and also you know you you, you all the all the good lives do come at the expense of a, an awful lot of really bad ones. Um, you know, there's no way to edit out the, you know when you when you roll the dice of procreation, you're creating both, um, and I just don't think that um uh, you know it's great it's great if people enjoy their lives but also what is what is what is it that is you know giving them that goodness is are they are they are they deriving their satisfaction from you know uh <laughs> you know contributing to the murder of a bunch of animals and you know and, and enjoying hamburgers and ice cream or you know is 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 that goodness coming from something uh better than that. And that's, you know, not typically a question that's, that's really asked, I think. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is that it just, it, you know, you, you can't have, uh, you can't have the, the, the bitter with the sweet. I mean, the sweet always comes at the expense of, of the bitter. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think that did a great job that will wrap up our panel. Thank, Thank you. you both for your time and we'll be right back. It's a pleasure. Congratulations, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode presented by Child Free Media Limited. To stay current with child-free content like this, please visit childfreemedia.com and subscribe to the newsletter.